what is this? Is it Eagle, and you mysteries? make changes. You need to let us know, man. <laughs> we had mysteries. like we had like a twenty minute meeting before this, and you didn't mention the music <laughs> at all. Correct. Wait, Robert Stack. Eagle. I went for something a little bit more serious, yeah. given the situation. Unsolved mysteries so. over here, you know. Ooh. FBI wanted. Mokan, who are you? I'm Mokan. <laughs> we're back. COVID 19's proof here as we're back. Are we going with uh, calling the quarantine or quarantining the audible? Quarantining the audible is more likely. All right, quarantining the audible. PZ's here. I'm here. Eagle's here. Um, it was our first episode in what, four months? More than that, I think, actually. End of March, no? It was mid end of March, right? I, it was March sixteenth, uh, seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. Well, literally four months then. Yeah, yeah, four months. I I remember we were on the show where I broke the news. Hey, uh, schools are going to be closing tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you in three weeks for the finals, guys. Don't worry, it'll huh. be a two week break. We'll be back out here. No, I I kept saying I don't think I don't think we're going to have a playoffs, <laughs> and here we are. Now, well, that, that will will address uh, later on in the show here, but uh, we're back. Uh, we're going to just go over a few things here, get everyone back into the fold of things with. Uh, FPF and what we have lined up. Uh, the mediocre Caucasian segment will come up with Robert Campana mm-hmm. in about half an hour from now. We'll go over his rules. Half an hour? I'm trying to elongate this. Remember when I used to elongate uh, topics of PZ and you get so pissed because you're like, all right, let's go to the next topic. But what about the quarterback in this situation? We had there? all this time to work on ourselves and Mo has done nothing. All I can <laughs> think of is elongate Musk. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll have on There's got to be a porn star with that name. Eagle? <laughs> so we'll have on Rob uh, in a bit uh, to talk about uh, the protocol now moving forward in the new COVID flag football world of ours. And with uh, PZ and I, well, it's true, isn't <laughs> There's it? There's an elongated muskrat meme. Nice. Is it a porn star? Or nice. No, just a meme. meme. Um, and we'll uh, go over a few things as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, you know, we're going to be social distancing. What I like about this, though, we can file this into the cabinet of Pease does less work and gets paid more. So I'm going to be yeah. leaving after the first segment so Rob can take over. Yes. And I'm blaming it on social distancing, which is awesome. Well, you know, we could have done this on Zoom, no? Like for... Uh... Yeah, but I mean, we have this fancy studio and everything, so I figure we take uh, advantage of... The, the Wi-Fi isn't working. The we also were doing... The Wi-Fi is working fine, Mo. Well, Rob doesn't one. know how to give you a password. We were also... Uh, we were also um, doing hot sauce sports shows through Zoom. Yeah, and they're terrible. They're it's so hard. It's so much different. It's the it's best. It's better being studio. No, I hated it's it. The best it was being terrible. Organized. You've organized been chaos. listening to Hot Sauce Sports. There we go. So remember to like, watch, and subscribe to Hot Sauce Sports. Get your sauce Shameless as well. plug. What? Get your sauce. Your barbecue sauce. Yeah, well. yeah. Well, that, they're not a sponsor for this podcast. No, so, so, so anyway, we, we're gonna go over a few things here for the FPF world. Uh, the kickoff of the uh, Fall Cup will be August second. Uh, the week of August second, so August third, right. fourth, fifth. At this point, and those are weeknights uh, at the present moment. Here we do have some outdoor fields uh, that go along with our new COVID world of flag football. Here mm-hmm. uh, we got uh, College Notre Dame, which is on Queen Mary, which is uh, Darren Basmanjan Field, where Darren, former FPF great, was uh, the leader, the architect. Well, former FPF. Well, you know, he that's his field. Yes. So, okay. So we got College ND, the field over there. We got Laval Boy, we got Laval Boy Boulogne as well. Uh, Papineau still to be determined, and we got Brossard, correct? Correct. So for protocols, which we'll go over with uh, President Campana, we'll go over that afterwards. But PZ, from your perspective, what are are you hearing from perhaps captains, players, teams of maybe concerns that they might have? There are there have been some concerns, and, and with with reason. Um, I think everyone is trying to be well. Not everyone. Most people are trying to be as responsible as possible. Um, I can understand those who would not want to come back 
um, due to the, the risks involved. And we, we've, we've been taking a lot of measures on our end uh, to make the players who want to return feel as comfortable as possible. Again, Rob will, will discuss that uh, later with some, some of the rule changes uh, that are going to be in place. We're going to have Jason LeClaire join us as well. Head of the Rules Committee. Head of the Rules Committee, FPF referee. Uh, if you've seen a ref yelling at me, it's probably been Jason. Um, a few others. A few others, but mainly Jason. Mainly He's the main one. I love irritating him. It's the best. He's the nebulist of the whole process. Um, I, you know, and, and even just the transition outdoors, some people are not entirely comfortable playing outdoors. Uh, some prefer it. Um, I know that in the summertime, the, our fields get kind of ridiculously hot. So uh, some people are looking forward to that. Others are worried about playing in the elements. We don't have a weather policy just yet. Uh, those protocols are going to be established as we move forward. So it's funny, though, because the spring season, which we've now had to cancel slash postpone, depending on how you look at it, um, was going to have an experimental outdoor games, right? It yeah. was supposed to be like, well, if you wanted to do it, whatever. Uh, but now it's kind of mandatory, if that makes any sense. Like, we're giving you the option if you don't feel comfortable playing indoors at this point in time. And then, of course, most recently, the cities have put out the policies for wearing masks yeah, in indoor right. facilities. Right, yeah. Which so we, we're not sure how that impacts us it's, completely so it seems based on the latest understanding in that to enter the facility you'll you need, need to yeah. have one but then once you're playing it's not required so we'll talk about that with rob in more exactly. detail but that seems to be the current guideline anyways so and let's not forget though um as the world is in gridlock with health issues and stuff this is actually a great uh litmus test to see how the outdoor thing works for the current fpf cup because if everyone likes it, then next summer, if things are back to normal, which we hope it is, we might have a few more outdoor games, which might benefit those because that means you can drink your Steve Weisers and your Budweisers and Eagle What's a has Steve Weiser? Well, you know, uh, it's what Ray Starwar calls a uh, strongbow. Steve Weiser. What? Why? Uh, anyway. Why? Okay, also, wait, wait, wait. Why would you make a joke that three people would get? I don't know. People know Steve Weiser. Stone even Cole Steve even Austin, I don't right? get it. Anyway, but Eagle can have his cookies in the, in the outdoors as well. You know, there's a few things that can go on outdoors. They're a little burnt, by the way. I know, I know. <laughs> it was a little bit of a misjudgment uh, there. I went 15. I should have gone 13. But anyway, point is cookies for you. Um, Eagle, have you heard anything from anyone you've spoken to? Uh, well, for my own teammates, I mean, everyone has their own situation, right? So some people, they have the loved ones at home that are a little bit more at risk than others. Mm -hmm. And so they've been a little bit worried about going back to especially sports where you're interacting with a lot of people. So some of the rosters that I've tried to put together just aren't possible because they're not available. Um, other people are having the exact opposite reaction where they want to go back as fast as possible and play as much as they can. And then, of course, for this season, we're restricting uh, participation to one team, right. um, again, to minimize exposure and everything. So some people are a little bit like, well, now you have to choose between this per this team and that team, etc. And uh, I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation, right? I mean, everyone's in their own situation. We shouldn't be judging you depending on if you want to play or not. Totally your choice. Another but thing I've come into is, we, you know, a lot of our league are at the age where they're starting to have children. Mm -hmm. They have young children that were born during oh, COVID. To point, Eagle is our son over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Eagle. Uh, Eagle was born. Uh, drink you really over. need to fix my diet, then, because man, you're terrible, Terrence. Weird. I don't know, man. Oh, Honestly, cookies, man. I grew up in '90s parents, and they would just give us sugar every day. Fruit roll-ups was fruit back in the day, man. Yeah, it was considered to be healthy, man. Also, if you look up, if you look up the old like uh, pyramid of food elements thingy. Oh, let's disregard that in today's world. At, at one, it was eight servings of bread and cereal. Yeah, who yeah, paid bagels. for that? Kellogg's. Yeah, bagels. Oh, yeah. Frosted Flakes, you know? Lucky Charms, but Lucky just the marshmallows, charms. not the actual cereal. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, Eagle, uh, just an update. How many spots? Are there any openings for teams to register their their team now? Absolutely. So we have three tiers as well as a co-ed league. So tier one, tier two, tier three. And co-ed. You're able to – and co-ed. You can register. There's different caps for each one of them. For for tier one, there is a cap. It's at 490 on both sides of the ball. No quarterback cap, however, so you can play whatever you want. You have tier two, which I believe is 440. 440. 440 and quarterback cap of 80. Okay. I, I'm mm-hmm. rem- trying to remember this. I'm sure I'm looking at P's. And then we have tier three, which is 390 quarterback cap of 70. Yeah. So um, those are the, and then um, for co-ed, it's the usual restrictions. You need two uh, women on your team or on the field, field rather at all times. Um, there is restrictions in terms of higher division minimum. players. Minimum. Two minimum. Yeah. Minimum, right. uh, there's restrictions on higher level players. Over a certain cap amount, there's only a certain number that can be on the field at the same time. And I believe there is a quarterback cap. I just don't know it off the top of my head. I, I think also it's 85. Don't yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, just, just quickly, though, ahead, for uh, as we're discussing sort of the breakdown, um, every fall we kind of strip down the media coverage a little bit just because the formats can be a little bit different. There will be a Calling the Audible show. Um, myself and Eagle will be on it. Uh, we're waiting on most confirmation. Probably me as well. <laughs> well articles. Okay. I just back. realized we, I hadn't discussed this with you yeah. yet. We're discussing <laughs> it now. Yes, we are. Okay, I'll see you next time. Mokan, here on the spot. Peas, you're going to be happy. I've been working with our website guys. We have a new article editor coming out. Thank so God. The experience for Floriani? everyone, readers and writers alike, will be very much the editor now. Is that what it is? Again, the joke only seven people understand. <laughs> uh, we will have two articles, an English article and French article that are league-wide. We are probably going back to divisional articles in the future, but we've never really had that four fall because there just isn't as much content as there is Absolutely. in other seasons. And we actually cover a ton on the podcast. Um, and we, we Our coverage is a little bit different in fall than it is uh, in the other seasons. All right, and finally, before we wrap it up here, of course, this will go from August, September, October. Finals will be early to mid-November. Am I correct? Correct. That's right. Yeah, and we're then, aiming to end at mid-November. And just to go over quickly here, we'll talk more about with Rob Campana. Uh, the winter season, question mark, question mark, question mark. What was the, the 2020 gonna, winter season? The 2020. Eagle, stop eating during the <laughs> show. It's the best. It's like, rah, 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 did rah, you rah, miss rah. me? <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I don't. Eagle is like a cocaine uh, full of sugar himself. Okay, so the winter season, we will hopefully have that completed by December-ish. Yeah. And we'll get more into details with Rob about that as well. Because I actually won my last game and made the playoffs, and I was very excited. I was very excited. Well, think about it this way, right? It's sort of like if you have injuries, nicks and bruises, you're healthy for that run. Yeah, you hope. You hope. So we'll talk more about that with Rob Campani here on Quarantine the Audible. Calling the Quarantine? I forgot what we went with. Whatever it is here, it's our first show. Quarantining the Quarantine. Exactly. So we'll be back with uh, the mediocre Caucasian leader in Rob Campana, and we'll talk more about what is the new protocols for FPF for the Fall Cup coming up in a month's time. All right, welcome back here to the uh, mediocre Caucasian hour on the Quarantine the Audible as uh, PZ was with us and we were riding high. Now we went to a real lull in the show where we had to get serious about things and we welcome in the president of the face of FBF, uh, Robert Campana. Hey, Mo. Thanks for having me. This is your show. Your show. It's not really my show. You kind of control <laughs> things from your uh, palatial castle. Yeah. 
The parts unknown. All right, so so Rob, we're we're, we're in a new world of COVID nineteen. Of course, that has uh, handcuffed a lot of things. We'll talk about the winter season a little bit later on. Uh, what's going to happen with that? Moving uh, hopefully towards uh, that portion of the year. But for now, we are moving towards the FPF Cup, which is normally held after Labor Day up until late November. But this year, it's going a little bit earlier, early August until uh, late to early November or late October, early November. Yeah. So let's get your thoughts, Rob, of um, your perspective from your viewpoint of uh, what's going behind behind the scenes of COVID-19 with what you're thinking of in terms of, hey, let's have this FPF Cup come to life in August. Yeah, thanks, Mo. I mean, look, obviously we were all, you know, like uh, caught uh, caught on our heels in, in the month of, a month of March when, when all this, uh, you know, kind of took flight and... Ever since then, obviously, we've been working hard to try to uh, plan ahead. Even even in those months, you know, in the early in the early stages in March and April, where we had no idea when when the green light uh, was going to be given to sports like ours. Uh, but we've been working hard to uh, to ensure that you know when we did come back, it would be um, you know in, in a in such a way that we'd be creating a safe a safe environment as possible for our players. Obviously, we ran a survey a few months ago. We uh, we we got a lot of feedback. Over 300 people responded to our survey, so we really appreciated uh, everything that people had to say. A lot of people actually added tons of really valuable commentary within within the survey as you know in addition to just answering the questions uh so taking all that taking you know lots of uh, guidelines that were set forth by you know government uh you know uh, federated uh sports organizations like football quebec soccer quebec football canada we tried to kind of go out there and get all the information that was that was put out there by by the by the powers that be digest the information uh you know uh look at how things are run in fpf because obviously we we understand and, and uh and know our league, you know, better than anybody else. And then we tried to build, uh, basically, these 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 sanitary, uh, you know, the sanitary um, uh, regulations um, for our, our players to ensure that, yeah, the guys can come out and play, but they can feel like they're safe. Uh, and obviously, we had to submit this proposal to the city of Montreal, uh, especially for you know, obviously for the facilities that are city run. Uh, we got the green light, so the the city approved our our plan. So, you know, it's at this point, it's kind of like it's it's a it's a it's something we've never had to deal with before, of course, so we're not alone in that. So we're doing our best, obviously, and, uh, you know, uh, feedback from the players, you know, now, obviously, prior, but now and obviously as the season starts is very much welcome. You know, we, uh, we're we not experts in this. We don't claim to be. Um, so by all means, you know, when players, you know, when players come out there and finally step on the field for the first time. Uh, we encourage you to, you know, come to us and, and say, like, look, we really like this. We we weren't so comfortable about this. This was maybe a little bit too obstructive. This was, uh, this could have been a little bit tighter. So all these things are, are things that we absolutely welcome. And in the end, the goal is we want, you know, we want people to escape uh, that, that, you know, these last few months, as Mo mentioned, being in quarantine was difficult on all of us. Uh, the idea of coming back to play sports, be with our pals, obviously is super important. Uh, and obviously for those people who aren't ready to come back yet, we totally respect that. Uh, but for the people that are here, we want to ensure that uh, you have a safe place to play. Uh, the and, biggest, sorry, sorry, you go. go yeah, and, and Mo, I know you mentioned earlier about uh, the winter season coming after our, our fall cup. And that was one of the reasons we decided to do that, right? Because we were unsure, like we didn't want to force people to have to come yeah. play if they didn't want to. So having a new season and allows them to choose whether they want to participate. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, like a lot of people have reached out to us asking for a clarification on this. We, we, we put it out in a few emails. But to clarify again here is that essentially, you know, for the winter season, we, we had played 10 weeks of the season. We had right. week 11. So some teams had finished the regular season and then we had the playoffs coming up. Teams obviously have paid their money. They've invested their time. You know, they've invested 10 weeks into the season. Um, so now if we were to kind of just restart and say, okay, the first thing we're going to do is finish the winter 2020 season. 
we acknowledge and understand that some people are not ready to be out there playing. Some people with, you know, obviously with underlying uh, conditions, some people just for personal reasons don't want to be out there playing team sports. We totally respect that. But if we were to just, you know, come back and, and reopen with the winter 2020 season, we, we, we felt like we were almost like pressuring people to come back, right? Like even within teams, Mo, some guys, four or five guys may say, hey, you know, we, we're having a great season. Like, you know, we, let's go finish what we started. And then a few other people may feel alienated because they're not ready to come back. And so we said, look, we don't want to put that on, on people. Let's start a new season. The people that want to play and want to sign up and are ready to play, they can do it. They can sign up and play. And for mm-hmm. those who are not yet comfortable, then they have the choice to, of course, you know, abstain. So, and, and then, of course, as Eagle mentioned and you mentioned earlier, when we restart the season in November, we can't kick the, the can down the road too long. You know, we can't finish the season in, in two or three years, of course. But the plan is to finish in November. And at that point, you know, uh, we hope that everyone will be ready to play and, uh, and finish off that season. So the biggest concern from the survey or questions that was posed to you from the, from the players was what? It was spinning? Uh, you you was know, it? yeah, that's a good question, Mo. I mean, we got, we got a bunch of different feedback, like uh, people expressing their concerns, people giving us suggestions. Uh, you know, we asked people people how they felt about playing uh, playing in a mask we asked people how they felt about uh, you know their fellow FPF uh, members if they they trust them to be responsible or if they didn't feel that they they trusted the you know the the the, the large majority of the league uh, there was there was a lot of questions in there that you know in the end for us it, it's just about getting an understanding of where people sit uh, you know for the most part uh, I'd say about seventy percent of the uh, the members uh, were ready to, to to play like as soon as the green light was given people said we want to play we still felt at that point like the green light has been given now it's you know we we've been able to come back it, it's it's over a month at this point but we still felt like we wanted to kind of digest the information uh, see what you know some of the like again like what some of the local uh, government governing bodies were doing and then open up our registrations and take it from so even even an, an August start is actually quite late compared to some other sports leagues, but we felt that that was you know the right thing to do. So players have a choice between three tiers, just like the last Fall Cup season, but we also have co-ed this time around. Uh, same restriction as last year where you can only play on one roster. Not a scheduling and a logistic issue, but more a safety reason, right? Yeah, actually, uh, last year, Alex, in the Fall 2019, so everything essentially is the same in this format as it was in, in Fall 2019. The only difference is that you can only play on one team. The reason we did that uh, is because, again, uh, you know, our, our goal is to, to ensure a safe environment for our players as possible and our refs and staff. So, you know, in limiting how many teams a player can be on, obviously it limits exposure. Uh, we're planning for the worst. So we're saying, you know, if someone does test positive, one of our members, which, you know, unfortunately it, it there's, there's a possibility that that will happen. Uh, you know, the fact, the fact that, you know, we, we will then contact teams that the person played against and let them know, of course, we want to be as transparent as possible, encourage people to get tested. Uh, if someone is playing on two or three teams as they would in the winter and spring, it becomes like an inter, an inter, uh, you know, intermingled uh, web of, of like just, you know, at that point, it become it's like a compound Indoors effect. And, yeah, and we have basically, you know, for like 15 teams affected all of a sudden. Not affected, but uh, exposed to the person. So we felt that, and even for us, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're running a business here. I mean, everyone knows that. But at the end of the day, for us, we said, look, we understand that this will, this will affect the amount of teams that sign up. You know, allowing people to play on multiple teams uh, usually uh, brings up the registration numbers a bit because people have different groups of friends that they want to play with. And, but, you know, again, the, the main priority here is, is is creating as safe an environment as possible. So that's why we put that rule in place for, for this Fall Cup. All right, so we have the tiers. We have the Fall Cup uh, in place. Let's talk about the sites because, of course, there's the indoor and outdoor. We'll talk yeah. about the indoor rules first and the outdoors yeah. afters. So what are the sites this year for the FPF Cup? Where will they be playing this year? Yeah, uh, so, so this, Mo, again, planning the season, different than any other season we've ever planned before. So originally... Uh, all the games are supposed to be scheduled Monday nights, Stade de Soccer, Tuesday nights, Complex, Sportif Bell, and Brossard, and Wednesday nights in Laval, uh, the Municipal. Uh, after after looking at things, after seeing, you know, of course, the government to, uh, 
put forth some bylaws about masks and so on in, in the last few weeks. So we decided, and we've been working towards this for a while of trying to get more games outdoors. Um, we decided that we want to try to move as many games to outdoor fields as possible, uh, just because the issue with masks, uh, you know, obviously the powers that be, the experts out there, uh, you know, in, in the medical fields and public health have mentioned that it is safer to be outdoors. Generally speaking, most people feel that way. So, but a lot of people do prefer playing indoors just for the format that we have. So we figured to offer both. Uh, through our Sked Builder platform, as we always uh, offer to players, they can select. Like, do people want to play um, the majority of their games or all their games outdoors or continue to play indoors? A mix of the two. So now, due to that, we've actually uh, cut out the Stade de Soccer. Um, we'll be playing Monday nights in Laval, Tuesday nights in Brossard, and Wednesday nights um, uh, at our new outdoor field at Collège Notre-Dame on, on Queen Mary. Uh, A.K.A. Darren Bashman-Jan Field. That's right. Yeah. Darren Bashman-Jan Field. And we'll see. Again, depending on registrations, we may add, or depending on availability, dealing with outdoor fields is something new to us. Even for myself, running FPF for 16 years, we, we have our contacts with the facilities and great relationships there. Uh, dealing with outdoor parks, uh, you're dealing with the city, it's a whole different process. And there's a bit of a backed-up you know, feel this year, obviously, because of all the, the delays. So if, if other fields open, we may actually uh, offer uh, even more uh, outdoor parks uh, in the schedule in the case of rain and i was speaking to eagle about this off air yeah let's say there's like a not a thunder and lightning we understand there's yeah. a delay no ifs or buts about that but if there's like a heavy downpour or there's like a, a typical rainy night yeah what is the case in, in that in that moment are we delaying games or are we going yeah. through the storms and being tough about that. yeah no it's you know I'm, oh, it's a fair question because we've never had to deal with this ever before right we have to deal with like uh snowstorms in the winter but that's more from a transportation standpoint not from actually affecting the the, the, the game itself dome collapses though yeah dome collapses are a whole different ball game yeah. um but again it's 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 a fair question it's gonna be have to be something that we're gonna have to finalize now in the next couple of weeks at the end of the day we we want players to play in a safe environment like now of safety Aside from COVID nineteen purposes, we don't like you know having people play like in, in a in a downpour is probably not not something we want to do. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have to decide where we where we kind of draw the line. You know, obviously a little bit of rain, we 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 play on as as any football league would. Uh, but obviously, if it's if it's a complete down downpour, what we would probably do is have a delay in place, and then if it surpasses a certain timeline, then we would postpone the game. So if we feel that the safety of the players uh, is compromised with the, the 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 amount of rain, and of course, as you mentioned, li- lightning thunder automatically. Uh, postpones the games and what we'll do is we'll actually build in uh, so there will be like um, there'll be a week at the end of the the the, the, the round robin stage of the tournament where we'll uh, give ourselves a cushion for any makeup games you would hope that you know generally speaking you know maybe two three four dates on, on a really rainy season but yeah. uh, no more than that okay so let's go now with we'll start with indoor first um, what is the protocol now for players when they arrive to Brossard or to Laval to yeah. play uh, an 8 p.m. game on a yeah. Monday night or Wednesday night? For yeah, that matter? Fair, fair question. Mo. So first things first is game times will be staggered this season. What that means is that generally we have games starting at 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, you know, one after the other uh, with with obviously, you know, overlap between the, the games. So teams come onto the field, you know, just as the, the final whistle blows for the last game. What we're trying to do this this uh, season, again, to, to uh, limit exposure is as soon as teams finish their game, we're going to ask them to not shake hands again uh, for, for obvious reasons and to grab their stuff, leave the, leave the playing field immediately. And only then will the next group of teams come in. We'll have someone actually, uh, so FPF will be employing, uh, uh, you know, a staff member uh, to, to be at the fields, making sure that, you know, these things are respected. Uh, most of the facilities will have someone on site as well. 
Um, but so that's so that's the main thing at, at the indoor fields. And of course, we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna have you know a sanitizer, all this type of stuff available for our players. But at the indoor facilities, we really want to be safe because again, these are these are facility owners that that uh, you know have people come in and, and and do random checkups on them. So this obviously this is not a joke. I mean, the players, I think we're all mature enough to understand that this is our our health that that that's you know uh, being put as a, as a priority. So I think that I, I trust that the FPF community will come together and say, look, we're gonna be mature here. You know, we like to get on the on the field and warm up and so on but let's let the game end let, let's let them clear out just like on getting on a metro right you let the last people come off and you hop on so i i trust that the maturity level of the players in, in the league along with you know the measures we have in place will be respected what season. about uniforms um there is a new rule in place for uniforms but most importantly make sure your uniforms are clean before yeah. playing yeah of course so that goes without saying right i mean you, you you hope that people will take sanitation even more seriously this year uh but as mo mentioned there is a new rule regarding pennies so generally uh the uh, fpf uh and it's something that i'll mention a little bit later as well when we go over the rules with jason but essentially um you know fpf offers that uh that that service where if you show up to a game and you know two teams are wearing the same color jerseys we offer you a set of pennies this year we will not do that uh again for sanitary reasons both for the people wearing the pennies and for our staff that is uh, is then uh, responsible to clean them so what we will ask teams to do this season is to basically have a second set of shirts uh, which will be white t-shirts everybody has a white t-shirt that is old and wrinkly i will ask people to marker on a number and that essentially can be used as your second set of jerseys when there is a duplicate uh, game okay. so mo you can't be as intense on uh, oh, enforcing the uh the don't jersey worry. rule this time i will be intense as, as a, if i'm scorekeeping never know what i'm doing right <laughs> never know what i'm doing at fpf um okay so what about in terms of the team captain given the score sheet roster and we talked about this offer has yeah. that been determined and what will be done for the roster to not be too close to the scorekeeper of hey this is who's playing who's not yeah. playing i you know what more and i let eagle chime in on this because he's you know he's the the, the technology uh, officer and, and uh, leader here all, all things leader here at fpf i but, put on my linkedin profile <laughs> but essentially Shut up, did you? Uh, essentially oh my god well, this is something again. There, there are there are issues that are coming up now in in, in you know in the new COVID world that obviously are urgent you know urgent matters right now, but are also things that going forward you know go, like looking back you know the fact that we still had captains come in and and have to write a score sheet to, with a pen and paper when most people don't write anymore on, on a day to day basis or asking people to come and like uh, dictate the roster to the scorekeeper right before the game when they're scrambling. It's just an inefficient way of doing things. So what Alex and I are looking at is uh, is putting together some kind of system where uh, teams can essentially just submit their roster uh, to like a central well Alex you can you can elaborate on this yeah I mean the the long story short is we want our captains to be able to access some portal where they can say here's my roster for tonight and update it as necessary which will essentially give the scorekeepers the information digitally so we're working out the logistics of exactly what that's going to mean how you're going to access it whether it's going to start off you know we don't know if we're going to have it ready for week one we're working on it now so maybe the first week or two might be a little bit different but there'll be a way for captains to essentially interact with the scorekeeper digitally so you look at your roster you pick your people you send it in and then the the scorekeeper actually has it whether it's an email that you have to send, whether it's a form you fill in, that's the details we're working on. Ideally, it'll be a clean solution. But like I said, there might be that transition over the first week or two as we kind of make sure it's all rolling properly. Okay, what about the football? Because yeah. we know a football will touch the ground almost every play. Yeah. Uh, so what does a team have to do with the football? Do they have to uh, disinfect it before each yeah. half? What are we looking at for this? Yeah, that's a good question, Mo. So we're, what we're going to do is, uh, again, this was something that we had on the survey, and people were very much open uh, to, to doing this, is we're going to ask people to sanitize their football uh, prior to both halves. 
Uh, ideally, and again, you know, if teams want to sanitize their ball before each drive, they have the right to do so, of course. Uh, and again, most of the things we share over the course of today's show is, you know, we're, we're giving you a standard that we, we ask people to follow. If people want to take a step a step above it and, and you know do more then of course by all means they can do that but the, the the rule in place will be that they will need to sanitize their football before both halves all right what about and we'll talk to jason leclerc about this in the next segment uh extra stuff you know water bottles the spitting yeah. the you know the typical machismo football player yeah. athlete will always do during a game um obviously now in the covid world that we live in we can't be doing that so how important is it for players to realize hey i can't spit yeah. or or let alone spit my water onto the plane surface yeah. which could be uh touched by 10 different other guys yeah that's that's fair it's you know look it's it's not even necessarily i mean i know what, i know what you mean about you know general like sports machismo but it's also just it's the, this is something that's in our subconscious as athletes you know just like when you watch a baseball game and guys you know fix their jock between each pitch and they, they fix their cap and it's things you're doing without even noticing right so a lot of guys are used to just spitting you know very often during a game uh, already it's not the most sanitary thing especially on a turf and not a grass uh, but this season for obvious reasons this is something that we're absolutely going to uh, avoid from happening so uh, now Jason will elaborate on, on how penalties you know if it well, we'll start off with a warning, and then obviously it'll, it'll follow follow with a penalty. Some people, and again, it's hard to satisfy everyone. Some people will be like, "Come on, you got to be kidding me! You're going to flag me for spitting." Well, we're asking you to understand that under the current situation, spitting is actually quite dangerous. So it's one of the most dangerous things you can do uh, uh, this season. Um, and then other people will be upset that we're not penalizing someone on the first goal. You know, we're trying to be fair with people. We understand that you know people deep down if they they know that it's not right, but sometimes you can't even control it; it just happens. Same thing with a mouth guard mo. That's something also. Yeah, that we're, we're yeah so mouth guards you know especially for those who've played in fpf junior or just generally like you know when, when i play personally i always wear a mouth guard i think it's a safe thing to do we don't enforce it in fpf in the adult league but it's always recommended but you know again there's the types of mouth guards we're all familiar with them that we pop into our mouth pop out those will actually be forbidden this season uh so w- what we will allow is the the larger like the lip protector mouth guards kind of with you know like you like a lot of tackle guys will use that that's strapped onto their helmet anything that doesn't uh, that doesn't oblige you to, from actually going reaching into your mouth um, again, sanitary purposes. You know, we don't want people touching their mouth. You don't have to hear it from me, of course. You know, any uh, you know any public health you know uh, reminder or notice that you'll see will tell you you know don't touch your mouth, don't touch your nose. Uh, try to avoid that as much as possible. So obviously, reaching into your mouth after every play, uh, I would say that look, we all want to protect our, our our teeth and we all want to avoid concussions. But I feel like you know putting yourself in a position where you're constantly reaching into your mouth all game is probably the worst thing you can do. Right? And for those who are curious to know what Rob's trying to describe, look at a pacifier mouth guard. That's what it is. Yeah, like the Michael Irvin pacifier mouth yeah, guard. Um, I'm going to use the opportunity since you mentioned junior. There's no junior league coming up for fall, at least not at this moment, right? Uh, I know there's been a few working, parents that have yeah, been asking. Yeah, we're working on something, uh, to hopefully to offer something in the fall, but it's, it's still we're still waiting on a few uh, different... Uh, AK Madden tournament. That's yeah. what it's going to be about. Okay, yeah. uh, so uh, obviously now no spinning, no no the math guard thing has been addressed. Uh, you talked about uh, the team benches for indoor games. Guys have to leave ASAP. What about the bench? I know we're talking off air about yeah. that here. Are we going? Are we still up in the air about what that, the team you know what Mo? That was actually a point that you brought up, and I thought it was a great point. Look again, we you know we worked very hard on putting together that document that we shared with the city, that we shared with our players and staff. But again, it wasn't an exo- It was impossible to build an exhaustive plan that covers every single aspect. That's a great point Mo brought up. Is you know what do we do with the benches? If people are going to sit on them, so what we'll have, and of course our scorekeepers will will all have like um, uh, spray bottles with uh, with disinfectant. So a great idea that Mo brought up is we'll after each game, if it, obviously if a team is, has people sitting on the bench, sometimes people show 
up with six play six players we will spray down uh, the bench and then people can wipe it down if they will or just let it dry on its own um but essentially that's that's another service that we'll be doing but when people arrive at the field that's the most important is we're going to ask people if they're wearing gloves to you know uh, use disinfectant on their gloves if they're not wearing gloves to disinfect their hands um and of course the football uh, as they enter the field and normally I know you mentioned before is the, the post game shenanigans. Some guys like to hang out. I know you said guys go off the field. Yeah. Does that mean they have to leave the complex altogether and yeah. not be inside the indoor fields for that matter? You know what, Mo, that's something we're going to finalize with the facilities. We've been going back and forth with them a lot. Even the facilities, you know, to be fair to them, they've been getting a whirlwind of, of different, you know, uh, uh, guidelines and rules that have been put forth by the government that they need to respect. And then obviously it trickles down to us. Um, so I, I will confirm with the FPF populace about like uh, what people are actually able to do after the game. Uh, in some cases, like again, at the Stade de Soccer de Montréal, which was a little bit more strict, on the stricter side, it's a municipally you know run facility as opposed to the private facilities that we also uh, occupy. So there it was, you know, you show up for your game, you absolutely have to leave immediately after. There's no lingering at all. You have to, not even outside. Uh, we're going to see how it is with, with Brossard and Laval and we'll communicate that with the players. Uh, what we can say right now, what FPF will be enforcing is that no one will be allowed to stay on the turf following their game. So once the game is over, uh, both at Laval and Brossard, there's a clear exit. Like it's not like Catalonia where it's kind of, uh, you know, the playing area and the spectator area is kind of intermingled. Uh, so at our two f- indoor facilities, we'll ask people to clear out uh, immediately after their game. And this FYI, for those who don't recall, last year in Brossard, I even posted up on the Facebook wall, uh, those who want to drink on the parking lot premises of Brossard, that's a no-no. Can't happen. Yeah, well, of course. So, these are, I mean, yeah, these, these look, I mean, we all, you know, I, I play sports too. I play softball after the game. You know, everybody enjoys it, having a nice beer with our buddies. And we, we acknowledge that buying, you know, kind of a pack of 24, uh, a case of 24 beers, a little less expensive than going to Brossard's bar or a lot of these other places. But again, these places are, are they're, they're, they have uh, liquor licenses. You know, it's like you don't show up to, a, to McGibbons with your own beer. Same thing there. So they're, they're pretty strict about that. You know, obviously... Yeah. Rob, what about facility changing rooms? So obviously coming to a game, you have to put on your uniform. Leaving a game, you want to take it off. Uh, Some people want to take a shower and everything. So do we have any guidelines from the the facilities about that? Yeah, again, Brossard and Laval, which are the two indoor facilities that we'll be using this season. We will not be using any other indoor facilities. It's confirmed. We may be adding some outdoor fields. Uh, they will they will get back to me within the next coming days with a final uh, list of guidelines. I know again, Stade de Soccer, which we're not going to be using in the end. They were actually they were closing off all uh, all locker rooms, so players didn't have the option to use them if they wanted. So to. then, what do you do with your stuff? You just leave it on the field and they yell at you. Well, well, what you're what you're supposed <laughs> damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah, what you're what you're supposed to do actually, technically, yeah, exactly. Papino, that would have been a. Uh, but again, a lot of us are going against our usual rules here in these times. But uh, at Papino, the rule would have been you have to show up to the field ready to play, like in your uniform, essentially, and change in the car. Now, again, I don't know how strict the other facilities will be, and we're trying to find like we're trying to find the common a common space where you know obviously we want to be yeah. strict, we want people to leave the field, but you know maybe some people will you know want to bring a water bottle with them again bags is something we'd prefer people don't bring on the field you know again like people i think everybody can understand that the goal here is to keep the environment as safe as possible this is your environment you're the ones that are on the field playing we want to make sure that you have the safest environment possible so if that means you know limiting bags limiting other things then you know it's a bit of a it's it's a fair compromise to make i think yeah there's there's a lot of rules but again it'll be in the fpf uh guideline uh, book or is a guidebook or guideline sheet what we're we looking at here what's the it's term the sanitation rules that sanitation are on the, the website rules. right now there you guys you're seeing it right now on your on your uh, screen so uh, just in case people get lost there's a home page that both basically give you the return to play which is basically a walkthrough of how we came up with all this and then there is the info tab which essentially gives you the actual breakdown of what this thing is english and french are, as so. well so exactly and so again if you have any questions 
questions, email the league. Uh, info at flagplusfootball.com. Yeah. Uh, I haven't forgotten yet. I've been mm-hmm. here for too many years. Okay, so outdoors, anything of, of note that we should mention? We talked about the weather delays, the, the yeah. outdoor ecosystem elements, but from a player perspective, do they need to be ready to play right away or do they – can they change? Well, the yeah. What, what's field? nice about the outdoor fields most, they have a little, obviously a little bit more space to warm up. Um, there's two turfs at, at uh, Collège Notre-Dame. We're on the smaller one. Uh, so there's only two seven-on-seven seven games going on. Well, six-on-six six in Flag Plus, but like they're, 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 they're called seven-on-seven seven fields for soccer. Uh, so there will be some like uh, space on the sides. Uh, we'll be a little less strict. And again, I'm going to finalize all these details and send them to the players in the coming days with regards to each facility. But again, outdoor, you know, outdoor and indoor are two different animals, I think, during this pandemic. I, I think that people uh, understand that, you know, on the indoor side of things, we need to be a little bit more strict. Um, outdoors, I think that, you know, as long as people kind of stay within their own corner, yeah. if they want to warm up and so on, then I, I don't see that there's, you know, really any problem with that. Uh, and th- I know this is like not a COVID question, yeah. but what about parking yeah. at uh, Darren Basman yeah. Field? Yeah, good question uh, mo I, I actually asked the the, the 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 other sports organization that we're subletting the fields from because that's what we're doing this season and they confirmed that there's a free parking lot that's available in the in the times that we're playing in the evening so because that's obviously a big thing when you're playing it's a it's a great location center of the city but you know obviously it's just like loyola you know when there's no when there's no parking lot close by uh, it could be a bit of a pain but they've confirmed that there isn't there is a free parking lot uh, right next to the field all right, so anything else you want to bring up for the outdoor uh, situation? Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers it all. Uh, we'll, we'll, again, we'll send out to all the teams that are registered. A lot of this information we've put out, we've shared with everyone, but of course the teams that are registered for the season, uh, we'll be sending you guys a lot more detailed uh, information that, in the lead-up to, uh, to, to, to the actual start and, of the season. Uh, don't hesitate to ask questions, email questions to the league or to yeah. Eagle or to, even to myself. I'll be like, I have no idea, just email yeah. the league. You know, that's like, how it is. Go uh, I'm going to play Doomsday uh, Predictor for a second here. There, there's obviously been talk about the second wave and what could potentially happen. So uh, for winter, we are caught off guard. But for the Fall Cup, we do have a contingency plan if ever things go bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously important that you bring this up, Eagle. We hope that, you know, obviously this doesn't this doesn't occur. And I think that, you know, generally in Canada and province of Quebec and Montreal, we've, we've done a really good job in the last few months of, of flattening that curve and, and hopefully limiting a second wave. But uh, Eagle is right. You know, obviously in March... The season was was postponed, and you know we were all caught off guard. This time around, we're saying, look, if 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 something like this happens again, where we need to be quarantined, where basically the government, uh, you know, uh, waves the flag and says, you know, sports leagues need to shut down uh, immediately, then what we'll do is we'll we'll offer prorated uh, refunds. So that'll be uh, shared with the, to the players as well uh, in the lead up to the season. To say, look, if it's canceled by this date, well, this is what you'll get back, and so on and so forth. Again, we hope this doesn't happen, and we, you know, it even sucks to have to bring this up, but I, you know, we're all adults, and we all understand that there is. Uh, some kind of risk. Uh, one thing, or two things, I'd like to mention as well, if, yep. if I can, is one is there, there well, is going to be show. Yeah, well, FPF is going to ask players, of course, to sign a waiver form uh, regarding uh, COVID nineteen, as all sports organizations, gyms, anyone is is asking their members to do. Uh, obviously, to acknowledge that there is some sort of risk. You know, I, I think that we're doing our best to to uh, to limit that, uh, as you know, all kinds of gyms and other sports leagues are doing. I think we're you know everyone is working hard to do that, but at the same time, we do understand that there is a higher risk if if you're participating in a sport than if you're just staying at home that goes without saying so uh, we will ask players to, to, to fill out a, a waiver form and acknowledge and accept the rules that we have discussed tonight to ensure that you, you play ball the second thing that I want to bring up and it's actually a discussion that Mo and, and, and Alex and myself and some of the other FPF administrators have, have, have recently had is the idea of taking temperature of the players uh, when they arrive at the field it's something that we're still debating on because there's arguments on both sides 
Uh, people, you know, say that uh, the readings could sometimes be inaccurate depending on, you know, if the player, if the person arriving was uh, sweating, they were they ran to the field because they were running late and they're running a high high temperature. Their AC but, broke. Yeah, you know, yeah. But, they have but, a weird haircut. Like, yeah. yeah, but generally speaking, again, there's the answer to that is, you know, we could still tell people, look, you can grab a seat for five ten minutes, cool down, we'll we'll take it again. Look, we you know we don't want to take ourselves too seriously, but we want to obviously be as responsible as possible here. Uh, the goal is that you know for you guys when you come to the field, you want and, and I know that the first thing the first answer people say is uh, people can be asymptomatic, pre-symptomatic. Uh, again, there's been studies on both sides that show you know whether or not people can transmit. We, we'd prefer to err on the, the side of caution always. Right. Uh, so some people will say, look, if you take a reading, someone may not show a fever, but maybe they, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things we want to we want to do for our players is that when you show up to the field, you want to feel like you know, we're not the NBA here. We can't put people in a bubble. But at and the same then, time, sorry. Even then, there's been yeah, some news. No, for sure. But at the, at the end of the day, we want it, we want people to feel as as confident as possible. So, you know, there are some people, uh, unfortunately, that will wake up and may feel some symptoms. They may feel like they have a sore throat. They may feel something. But, you know, we're also guys that you know we love playing sports. We sometimes we we say ah it's probably nothing. You know I'm just going to show up. And so the fact that there's that barrier at the field where if someone is there taking your temperature, the reason that we're probably going to move into that direction is just to add that barrier so that if someone feels like they're symptomatic and they want to you know act selfishly and say I'm still going to show up and play, well that barrier of taking their their temperature may give them a second thought or or also do what it's intended to do and that's you know catch someone with a, a too high of a reading obviously we don't want to turn people away right it sucks no, people no, are paying to play not. it's yeah. that's not the goal it's not to, to, to turn people away but it's we're tro- we're doing our best to, to create a safe environment as possible and and similarly uh rob what's one thing if a player does end up with a positive covid test yeah. what should they be doing to let us know so is it emailing yeah. the league is it the, their captain that's responsible yeah. for that so how would you like them to yeah, that, uh, that's, go a, through that's that? a great question alex and now actually to be perfectly honest with you and transparent again this is new for all of us and when we were working on this document this was really the the point of contention that took us a few days to again we want to see what the government uh, decided because you know we understood that we, we our goal is to be transparent as 100%. So we're going to ask to answer your question first and foremost is we, we will ask both the player and the captain to contact the league immediately as as soon as they know uh, to let let us know if there there was a positive test uh, that came back for any for any player in the league. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, but the chances are that it is possible that it does. Now what we're going to do uh, realistically after speaking to some government bodies, after speaking to some people in the public health, uh, you know logistically. Uh, if if we were to uh, essentially quarantine, you know, let's say as an example, the team that the player is on, the team that they faced, let's say in the last two weeks, the referees, the scorekeepers, you know, it, logistically, it would any sports league. I think people understand. Again, we understand that we're assuming some kind of risk, but at the same time, people aren't joining sports leagues to like just have them shut down in two weeks because of uh, like one or two. And again, uh, this is different than if there's an outbreak within a league. Uh, in knock on wood, of course, that that would never happen. But that's different. But if so, if one person is to test positive. What we will do, and what the gov- what the government and city have passed uh, have uh, you know agreed upon our, our plan, they've they've green lighted it, is we will contact the teams uh, that the player has played against over the last two weeks and ask them to uh, go take a a COVID test. That will notify our, our scorekeepers, our refs that have been exposed as well. Uh, and of course, if anybody feels symptomatic, we we of course ask them to stay home uh, and not show up. Obviously, if someone tests positive, we'll of course you know re- not allow that player to, to to come back until they can prove a negative test to us. Uh, I've, you know, for R and D purposes and all transparency, I took a COVID test a few weeks ago just to see how the system works. 
it was pretty smooth. Again, this was before the 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 the, the, the bar outbreak, but uh, so that's caused some delays. But generally, I, you know, I took a test. Within two days, I had my negative response, and and I was emailed. I asked them for proof, so they sent me a negative form. So generally, if if something happens within the league, you know, I think that the league asking players to have proof of a negative test is not too much to ask. I you know, again, I did it myself, and it was very uh, seamless. So that's that's the model that we have in place right now. Now, not to catch you off guard here, what is the rule for now for games played? Are we keeping a minimum of five games to be eligible? What's the whole well, process? Well, first, it here? was four. That's a good question. It's four games generally in FPF Cup. So the yeah, question there's is, only is eight somebody, games for the Fall Cup right, season. Right. So if someone gets COVID hypothetically, yeah. and there are three games, yeah. well, what's the rule here? Are we like with the injury? Yeah, medical of course. Note, right? yeah, so no, it'll be considered like an injury essentially, yeah. where it's the league determining you cannot Provide play. You, you yeah. have a note. Saying that you were that a is the note. Okay, exactly. fair enough. Okay, yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, and that's a great question, Mo. Because some people, we don't want someone to use that as an excuse, right? We don't want to say, "Well, I felt the pressure of having to show up to my game because I needed to qualify for the playoffs. I didn't right. want to let down my team." Look, guys, you know, at the end of the day, like we're FPF is very strict on its rules about eligibility, about uniforms. There's a reason that you know we, we're not a garage league. Like obviously, we 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 have a lot of strict rules that we enforce in order to, to create as professional an environment as possible for our players. And I think the majority of players like that about us. But we also understand that you know in times like these. Uh, rules about eligibility and rules about uniforms, stuff like that, obviously take a backseat to overall player safety. All right, so it looks like we have everything covered from indoor-outdoor elements. Any I'm going to give you one chance here for any players or captains still on the fence. If you had a 30-second elevator yeah. pitch of why they should come back to play this fall season. You know what, Alex? That's, I'm not even really comfortable doing it. I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm a terrible salesperson. I, I think if, if someone is is 100% comfortable and ready to, to play, like I've I you know I have a young baby at home, uh, I've I've made the decision uh, to to go to play softball this summer. You know I understand that there's some kind of risk involved. I, I think that it's it's you know like any other risk. I think that I'm, uh, but I've I've chosen to do that. Um, so I I wouldn't want anyone to come and play uh, this season if they feel like you know they have one foot in one foot out. I would actually prefer that someone like that maybe takes the season off and comes back you know in 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 the winter startup in in November. We we want people to come out here and play and feel like you know they, they're ready to play they're 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 comfortable we want we want it to be a fun environment you know when people show up to the field we want it to be like like usual fpf obviously there's gonna be a lot of rules to, to follow and respect uh but but when you show up to the field we want you to have fun you know we want you we don't want you to hold back and feel like oh, i can't give it my hundred percent because i'm afraid of you know like getting too close to someone or that's not what we want we want you guys to feel as com- as confident and comfortable as possible and obviously as we mentioned throughout this whole discussion we will do our absolute best to ensure that uh, we, above any other sports league, uh, will will take all the measures that we need to take in order to create that environment. So let's say during midway through the season, we're now transitioning from the outdoor to the indoor you know, yeah. games, and the government goes, all right, everyone's got to wear a mask when they play a sport yeah. indoors. Yeah. Is there a plan in place in case they ask the yeah. league or anyone well, to play the, with Well, the rule, Mo, like, again, the bylaw was passed in Montreal first two weeks ago and then last week in, in, the, in the province of Quebec. And then from there... Uh, the, the information was trickled down to gyms and to uh, to sports facilities, arenas, where you have to wear a mask. And, and that is the rule, by the way, because I don't think we've discussed it, is that when you enter into the facilities, like Brossard Laval, you will be obliged to wear a mask uh, up until you get onto the field and play. So as it stands right now, it's the same thing in a gym, right? I don't know about your gym, my, my, my gym, yeah, you have to wear a mask, mask in yeah. the common areas, but then when you work out, you don't have to wear one, right? It's uh, So... Uh, again, the decision is is the players. If they want to, people feel more comfortable wearing a mask or wearing like a tube over their, their 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 nose and mouth, they can do that. But right now, they do not have to. If the government changes its stance on that, well, then of course, you know, we if we're, if especially if we're at a point where we're playing indoors only, uh, then then that's going to be something that we're going to have to kind of roll with. As it stands right now, the government, 
I don't feel like they would go in that direction, Mo, to be honest. I feel yeah. like if it gets to a point where they're really worried about sports, I would see them shutting down sports before they oblige yeah. people and to And then we have a plan for that. Be- yeah, because there's arguments, again, speaking to Alex's brother, who's a doctor, Dr. Oh, Michael Dr. 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 Yeah. yeah, like, you know, it's we a lot of doctors and a lot of... Uh, health practitioners and people in the know have come out and said like as much as obviously masks I, you know I'm, I'm fully on board with wearing masks in, in, in public areas but a lot of people have said if you're playing high intensity sports and again I'm no expert but just quoting those people it's not the best idea to be you know limiting your oxygen intake when you're you're running and at full speed and you know it could lead to other issues right. so so i don't think the government will do, would go down that direction but if they do we'll have to roll with the punches all right so if if, if again you mentioned before and there's guys who probably won't play because of the health yeah. which is perfectly fine yeah. so if, if the fall cup goes off without a hitch and the remainder of the winter season goes off without a hitch 2020 yeah uh are we expecting to see 2021 start of the winter year be on time we're we gonna wait a couple yeah. weeks before yeah no good question mo yeah the, the winter i mean look again if if everything if everything goes as as planned winter 2021 will start off in january like it always does but for the, the you know for the people who are diehard fpfers and are really like dying to play football uh the next few months are gonna be a lot of fun because we're gonna have the fpf cup season run from uh, you know august till the end of october we'll take a few weeks off we'll resume the fpf winter 2020 playoffs in mid-november that'll run till about the first or second week of december then we'll shut down for the holidays for three or four weeks and then we start up again in january so there's gonna be a nice long stretch of football uh, i think hopefully it's gonna be a lot of fun and hopefully we'll have again the winter playoffs we always say best time of the year for for fpf and that'll be run kind of in a new time right now it'll be november kind of early december so it should be a lot of fun i think a lot of people will be excited about that and if there's an nfl don't worry your nfl sundays will be untouched monday night football could be the one effect if you have a game on a monday but yeah exactly we'll have to see how that goes eagle you know what i'm looking forward to uh dunce that is correct it was <laughs> ruined in april it won't be ruined now i'll see you in december for dunce you're gonna have a nice puts in no did we have a bet or something? Yeah, that's why. Did I, no, hold on. I won the bet. No, I won the bet. No, you didn't because the women's league wasn't c- confirmed. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, because yeah, I wasn't yeah, for yeah. anyway. That's yeah, because Pease was in last. Pease yeah, was going to buy. That's another story for another day. We'll talk about that uh, during a, an audible show, quarantine audible. All right, so we covered everything. If you have any questions uh, for the president, again, you can email the league, um, even to Eagle or myself on Facebook, whatever it is, PZ, Simon Dagenet, and we'll do our best to answer the questions. And again, um, there will be angst within the, the uh, mindsets of some of those, but uh, we hope to bring and hopefully have a smooth transition of football for everyone to enjoy and get their minds off of uh, what's gone on in the last four or five months in the real world and uh, have your weekend warrior mentality come back for an hour or so. So there you go. Uh, so come up next, we got the uh, head of the officials, what is it, the Rules Committee? Officials? Chairman of the Rules Committee. Chairman of the Rules Committee, Jason LeClaire, he'll join us. And we'll be joined by uh, Dr. Eagle, the smarter eagle in the Dakla f- uh, clan of eagles. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, if we do like a... Like a, like a We're uh, smart in different ways. Oh, man, I like to do like a Jeopardy contest, you know? Like I think F- I'd win. I'm better at trivia. But this is overall, right? Like if we do like, you know, like tasks. He's better at memorizing. I'm better at doing. Oh, that's a, that's a good tail of the tape, man. It's like Maz Vidal against, uh, what's his face, sir? Man? Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure we all know how that went. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dr. Eagle would win. All right, so we'll have Dr. Eagle on later on. We'll have uh, up next Jason LeClaire, and stay tuned here on the special COVID-19 edition of Call on the Audible, Quarantine Styles. All right, welcome back to the Caucasian Mediocre Hour here on uh, Quarantine the Audible as we're back in the fold of things here, Eagle in the nest. Joined to uh, by uh, the president Campana, we had a very uh, boring conversation in the last segment. Kind of fell asleep actually. You know, it's very important though. I know it's important stuff here, but uh, let's welcome in uh, my tag team partner. 
on many, many nights of uh, working together as the fourth official or third official. He's the first official, Jason LeClaire. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to you, Jason. How you been, sir? Pretty good. Thank you very much, Mo. Yourself? I, I can't believe we're back. I thought we would have done this like Zoom style, you know, not in physical presence, but uh, we're back in the flesh. Well, you do realize he's in the same time zone as us, right? So it's clearly good evening. But if people watch this later on, though, Eagle. That's not how introductions work when you wow. say hi to someone. Not audience members, an you also actual for, you person. Also for, you also forgot to mention that he's the head of the FPF Rules Committee. Well, hold on here. Yeah, come on. Listen, listen. You know, we'll get to that as well. The first official, the head of the, head of the Rules Committee here as well. Uh, so, Jason, let's get to some serious business here. Of course, uh, COVID has uh, handcuffed the world and has put everything to a complete stop. But FPF has risen from the ashes and will have a league, hopefully, by August uh, 3rd. Uh, Jason, let's go over the rules uh, from your perspective as a referee and as an official crew of people that do games on a weekly basis on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday nights here. Uh, what are the rules should we see from your angle that has been changed for this new COVID-19 world of football? So as we rise uh, from the ashes like the Phoenix here, I think uh, it's it's very timely, like you say, to, to discuss this, Mo. So thanks for the intro. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of modifications that we'll be making to the rules um, and, and quite a few modifications that we'll be making to um, the standards of how we officiate. So I'll talk to that stuff. Um, in terms of masks, I don't know to what degree you guys have already uh, discussed this, but uh, the officials will be provided with masks um, and or face shields, as well as hand whistles uh, that are provided by the league. So, um, you know, there might be a distinction between indoor games and outdoor games. That's all still being looked at, but quite likely don't be surprised if you see uh, your friendly neighborhood referees with uh, face coverings of some kind of uh, a sort and uh, most uh, most likely using a, a manual hand-operated whistle, uh, not the electronic kind that you may have seen that don't have a very high volume, but uh, a squeezable whistle that kind of looks like a balloon that you might have seen at your local swimming pool if you've been out to those lately. Uh, talk to us about the protocol now for a coin toss, uh, if there is a coin toss now. Because, again, we always have the captains and the referees converse, say hey, no pockets, no jewelry, blah, blah, blah. But what is the new protocol now, if there is, for a coin toss that could be done for every game out there? Yeah, great question. So there will be no captains meeting, um, no coin toss whatsoever. We're going to do this um, like we do in the playoffs. So the home team will just have the first choice of offense, defense, or side of field. And, uh, you know, from a reasonable distance, uh, the, the referee will approach the home team captain and just say, hey, what do you want? You want the ball? You want defense? You want to pick a side? And then go to the other team captain real quick. But uh, there will not be a captain's meeting. Uh, there won't be, you know, handshakes going on uh, in that regard with the officials or with the other captains either. Uh, and certainly no coin toss. Uh, talk to us about, um, as we've seen before, right? We This is the Weekend Warrior League. Everyone thinks they're in the NFL or one step away from going to the NFL. Uh, talk to us about the uh, conversation now with team captain or player. If there's an OC or you are called, and we always seem play be stopped for an explanation from the referees to the team that is uh, in the infraction right now. If there is any conversation at that point. Well, certainly, you know, to some degree, the team captain is entitled to an explanation uh, from the from the referee. Uh, but, you know, we need to keep that to a minimum. We need to keep distance while we're doing that. Uh, and, you know, certainly we will not be in a position to tolerate any prolonged conversation nor any 
uh, you know, face-to-face heated conversation where, you know, you may get some uh, little oral projectile happening in that case. <laughs> oh God, hopefully not. Um, here's a, here's the thing that I, maybe I only catch it because I am there almost every night slaving away. Um, what about the beanbags? Because I know the players do like to help out the referees with the beanbags, kind of speed the process. If they're down by five, they need to score before five plays. What's going to happen with the beanbags? Yeah, that's a great question. So a uh, f- couple things about the beanbags. First of all, uh, for this uh, COVID-ridden season, we will insist that only the referees handle the beanbags. So despite you know our, our usual uh, appreciation of the players helping out with that, uh, we will not be able to be multiple people handling the beanbags. That's, that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing is we're going to try for at least a couple games placing the beanbags on the sidelines so that they're closer to where the officials line up, um, easier for us to get to, uh, and faster for us to move. Uh, at the same time, it will also minimize uh, proximity to the players when, you know, in the past we would come into the middle of the field every single play uh, and certainly cross paths with players as they made their ways back to the huddle and whatnot. Uh, having them on the sidelines, we think, will will reduce some of that uh, and quite possibly speed up uh, the moving of the bags, especially when um, uh, the players are no longer going to be helping out with that. So we'll we'll try that out, and if it works, well, hey, maybe it's even a keeper. What about the players' uh, perspective? What do you want to see from the players now moving into this new world of flag football from a behavioral standpoint? Yeah, that's uh, that's really important, in fact, because a lot of – you know, the, the weekend warrior aspect of this comes into play when we think about things like that. So, you know, whereas in the past we may have had, uh, you know, a more lenient standard for, for some of these things, we're going to have to take a much harder stance on uh, the topics that I'll get into right now. So we cannot have players having close face-to-face trash talking with each other. Uh, we can't tolerate any sort of pushing. We're going to have to be very stringent on any open wounds. You know, we've always had a rule about players being sent off for blood. To what degree was it always uh, religiously imposed? That's debatable. That's going to have to be a must from now on. Uh, You know, things like spitting, nose blowing uh, on the field. You know, these are just health risks and we just cannot be tolerating stuff like that. Uh, thinking about things, you know, as simple, uh, you know, and taken for granted as water bottle spritzing, you know, we're going to have to ask the players not to, to do that when, when we see it happening. Um, you know, we don't envision that becoming a foul per se, but we, we're going to have to insist that stuff like that, uh, you know, not be done so that we, uh, you know, we can all stay safe out there. Uh, you know, other stuff, just real quick, Mo, um, yeah. you know, minor contact, like, butt slapping, high fives, uh, hugs, handshakes. Again, we're going to ask the players not to do that. You know, just give them a quick reminder for uh, health and safety reasons. Hey, you know, maybe uh, keep keep that kind of stuff, uh, you know, for your close family that you live with and not with uh, your, your fellow league members here. Um, you know, things like uh, exposed uh, torsos, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, th- these are things that we're going to have to have a, a higher standard for in this new reality. Uh, what about flag belts? I know that's been also a unique uh, situation where guys have, uh, 
either had one flag belt exposed and the two are covered. How important is the uh, the flag belt in this whole process to make sure that A, it's clean, but B, that it's easy for guys to deflag athletes and give well, them back to them. Also, handing back the flag. Handing back should, exactly. Yeah. Give back yeah. the flags on top of that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I would envision that we'll keep our same standards uh, with regards to keeping the flags exposed and easy to pull. Uh, you know, sanitizing them will be, you know, something that we'll have to insist upon, uh, just like any equipment that's used at facilities. Um, and handing them back is something that we've been insistent upon for years, but that we will no longer uh, be as insistent upon for now. We're actually preaching the, the inverse, situation. right? Right, Jason is actually preached the inverse. Uh, yeah, as, let the player pick up his own flag, you know. Uh, or toss them back to them. But, you know, let's not have them toss it in somebody's face or throw it away in a nasty way. But, uh, you know, we're not going to be chirping at them to hand them back. Now, Jason, will there be a, a warning or a penalty if someone were to spit or sneeze, you know, do the typical uh, male macho machismo teamster spinning and nose phlegm going into the field? Yeah, so I think it depends a lot on, you know, where you're doing it and if you're actually spitting at or on somebody, you know, those are very, very different things as opposed to doing it on the sideline, you know, with your with your teammates uh, having a water break or whatnot. So, you know, if it's, you know, away from other players and opponents especially, it's going to be a warning scenario. Um, and if we need to, we will penalize for things like that. And, you know, even before the COVID scenario, it, it if you're doing that in proximity of an opponent or spitting on somebody, I mean, like that's you know punishable by law. Never mind by a, a, an FPF foul. So that would be uh, one very thing. Strict. Sorry, Jason. One thing that uh, has been uh, almost like a party on the sidelines. Uh, how important is it now for teams to only be players on the benches and not the uh, the groupies or the uh, the extra friends who are on the sidelines acting as if they're the assistant coaches of that football team. Uh, Rob, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, the rules that we're going to have in place are that uh, spectators, depending on the facility that we're at, so of course the indoor fields, as we know, are all set up differently. Uh, places like Brossard and Laval, which are the two main facilities that will be uh, using this this fall season have a spectator section so fpf will be strict about uh, only act, active players or injured players being allowed on the bench so friends of uh, friends girlfriends parents uh, will not be allowed on the turf this will be enforced by us as fpf but also as the facility uh, and in some cases like you know stade de soccer de montreal which we may not end up being play, uh, which we may not uh, not end up playing at this season they actually have a rule in place where no spectators are permitted into the stadium so again we're at the mercy of the facilities a little bit uh, with a mix of the rules that we've put in but as far as being on the the team benches uh, more we can confirm that it, it will only be uh, players on the roster that are permitted fair enough jason we know uh, each division has its level of intensity and speed so how will this be officiated? Because we know in division, say in this context, A and B, there's a lot more physicality than there is in say C or D or maybe even co-ed. Are we going to see more of a, a unified officiating with all four divisions or will it be some things will be let go and some things will be not? Well, I would say to that mode that for years, Rob has asked the officiating staff to uh, make efforts to eliminate contact from the league at all, at all divisions. So um, perhaps there is, you know, uh, somewhat of an unwritten protocol amongst some officials that they let a little bit more go in the higher divisions, but that is contrary to the spirit of what Rob has asked us to do. 
and I would say even more important to enforce to the standard uh, that Rob has set out for us in this current uh, sanitary environment. So, you know, it's a no contact league. Uh, you're not supposed to jam receivers at the line. We made some changes to the referee's mechanics a couple of years ago to free up the line of scrimmage official to to see more of that. And that's why we now let the snap hit the ground and get picked up by the QB so that we don't have to be looking back into the backfield to watch that snap and then coming back to the line of scrimmage and missing stuff. So really, uh, there should not be a different standard in the higher divisions versus lower and, you know, contact foul is a contact foul. Jay, if I can jump in here, there's there's one rule in particular that we, we may want to point out. It's, it's Can you ex- explain to the players watching about the uh, the red zone, essentially red zone rule, if we want to call it that, where we're, we're putting the ball at the the opposing team's five-yard line and, and no uh, no closer? Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so we discussed that uh, as a group to talk about ways that we could minimize having too many uh, people in close proximity. Uh, and one of the things that we decided was that if the ball was moved to within the five yard line by uh, the attacking team, that we were just going to put the ball on the five for the next play. So if the line to gain was three and you got to the two, that's great. You've got a first down, but we're going to put the ball on the five anyways, just to minimize the amount of traffic that's going on in uh, that five yard and plus end zone area. So just to clarify, um, it'll always be at the five yard line. If the line of gain is at the two and you get that first down, it'll go back to the five no matter what. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, some people are right. Whoa, whoa. Why is it not the one for? Well, did you not read the rule book or did you not watch this uh, highly viewed segment with Jason LeClaire? You know, so that's uh, another, why. another issue which concerns, of course, Mo and the rest of the staff as well as Jason is uh, is the, the rule about pennies, right? Jason was something that we discussed was that for this season, uh, we yeah. know that FPF always offers that, uh, you know, to two teams. If you show up, two teams are wearing the same color jerseys. We don't, we don't require teams to have two sets of jerseys in our league. We always have pennies on hand. But for this season, just to limit, you know, exposure towards uh, other people's germs and even for our, our scorekeeping staff to not have to bring home, you know, the, the, this, these types of germs uh, in, in this environment and have to wash other people's sweat, uh, what we decided to do is we're not going to actually offer pennies this season. So uh, an email will be sent out to all teams to have essentially a second set of like white T-shirts that you can marker on your numbers. We're going to make some exceptions to our rules this year. Uh, but again, you know, it falls in line with some of the things that Jason's covered here where uh, we're, we're definitely trying our best to, 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 to limit any type of, of spread or, or germs, of course, uh, through these times. I, I do want to take a moment just to go back to the, the red zone change. So that change is only being applied for this fall cup season, but depending on its reception, there's a possibility that this goes to the rules committee as a formal change, right? So from from a player or from a referee perspective, Jason, is there anything you'd like feedback specifically from players to kind of help guide the decision in that they're in one direction or another? Yeah, certainly. So you know, it, it, let's just say we don't have the you know pandemic uh, to consider here. Uh, anytime we trial something new like this, it's certainly interesting to get the the players' feedback about this. And keep in mind, uh, listeners, that there are uh, player representatives on the rules committee. Um, and, you know, when the time comes for that, we'll you know, solicit uh, your feedback. But basically, uh, what would be most interesting is those teams that run a lot of short yardage plays, a lot of crossing routes and stuff like that in close proximity to the goal line. Does the fact of having a scrimmage from the five and no closer um, take away tools from your offensive toolkit? And conversely, on defense, does it make it too difficult to defend? So that would be some some feedback we would like to receive that will not change what we're doing for this fall cup season. Uh, as I said, there's sanitary reasons why we're doing it, but uh, we will 
certainly take that fee feedback into account for uh, when the time comes to consider this as a permanent rules change. And, and quite frankly, Eagle, I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of the stuff that we're changing for this season is you know, thought of to be for this season only, but sometimes when you make tweaks like this, it becomes you know really interesting changes that we wanna keep and anything that we've talked about in this segment so far could become you know the new standard and the new rule moving forward. We'll call it the COVID rule. Uh, Jason, just uh, quickly here, I know you mentioned the beanbags perhaps being the sidelines of the referee. Will the positioning of the referees change at all or will we have the standard head referee behind the quarterback or on the sidelines and the back judge on the opposite end? What's going to happen with the referees' positions? Yeah, we would uh, keep them uh, in their same positions. So in our two-referee system, which is what we do for most of our games, the referees on the line of scrimmage, um, and the uh, deeper official is at seven to 10 yards. So you would probably imagine if we're going to put uh, the beanbags on the sidelines, we would put the line of scrimmage beanbag on the referee side, as well as the line to game bag and the uh, bag with the rush zone marked off at seven yards would be at the deeper officials spot. So you can see the referee going back and forth a little bit more to pick up that line of scrimmage bag if he needed to. Uh, only one of first down was gained, so guess what? You'll pick up the line of scrimmage one and go past and go get the, the, the deep one. And then your uh, umpire, who's already at 7 to 10, will probably line up more often at 7, just so that he can see that the rusher is not offside. So right at that 7 spot and probably a little bit less often deeper. But uh, he'll certainly have to adjust if teams are running a lot of deep pass routes. Last question I have for you, Jason. Um, as a captain, there are times where I either feel the need or want to go ask an official a question, a clarification. Um, so in those situations where you know players need to engage with the referees, Sorry. what's your guidelines or recommendation in how to actually approach the, the officials to ask those types of questions? Uh, Eagle, can you repeat all that? You were a little bit... Uh... Yeah. Internet garbled there. So let me let me TLDR this. If I'm a captain and I have questions for the referees during the game, how would you like us to, I guess, address you or basically approach you at that point with the whole COVID uh, protocols in place? Well, don't don't touch anybody. Don't get too close to anybody. And otherwise, just do it as we would always would have expected you to do it in a courteous fashion. And, you know, uh, treat people like you'd like to be treated. All right, lastly, Jason, anything you want to add to this uh, whole conversation about uh, maybe we didn't cover with you that you want to bring up right now? Yeah, there were two last little points. Um, first, we talked about the beanbags being on the sidelines as a trial. So, you know, all you rushers out there may be wondering, uh, shout out to Mo Khan, former Division One rusher. Um, please. please. <laughs> Only by association, not by skill. Two-time champion. Uh, oh, only official to ever call uh, offside on the rusher on Mokong <laughs> in a D1 final. Anyways, uh, so rushers, you know, you're typically using your beanbag in the middle of the field, uh, at, you know, one to two yards off the beanbag as your rush zone. Um, because the rush bag is going to be on the sideline, we're going to take a page out of the um, touch football standards for this and consider the rusher to be in the rush zone when they're um, one to two yards outside the leg of the stamper. So, um, you know, the rusher might be a tad wider than before, but that'll at least give us some kind of a guidepost in terms of knowing uh, whether the rusher is in the rush zone or if he's lined up too close to the snap. So that's one. And then the last one is uh, a very important safety standard uh, that we're tweaking for this year. Um, you'll remember that uh, we have an unnecessary contact as well as an unnecessary roughness rule. Um, and at times you may have seen, depending on the intensity uh, or severity of the hit or, uh, 
you know, attempt, it's hard to, but attempt to judge uh, intention uh, on the part of an official here, we, we may have called one or the other. Um, what we're saying to our officiating team this year is if the contact is to the head or to the face, there's no judgment at all. It's just automatically unnecessary roughness. So there will be no unnecessary contact calls for any contact to the head or to the face and any contact to the head or face will automatically be unnecessary roughness. All right, Jason, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The thank you, uh, head of, uh, official rules i wish you get like a cooler name for you like you know like a real like chairman of the rules committee executive junior chairman of the rules why don't we committee. just call him rules star <laughs> or the svengali rules you know <laughs> anyway jason uh look forward to seeing you and again if people have any questions for you or what should they do in terms of contacting the league or contacting you or any, any other official out there what can they do well, they can certainly send any questions that they have to info at 5plusfootball.com, and I'm sure it'll get forwarded along to us. So, Rob, I don't remember if we had a special email address or not. but uh, Yeah, it's, it'll, you can just send it to info at flagpussfootball or contact at flagpussfootball.com, and they'll end up, uh, they'll end up to, in the referee's, uh, in the referee's uh, inbox. A.K.A. the third official's inbox over here, you know? Hey, Thanks so much, Jay. Right, You're Jason, very welcome, guys. Take care, man. We'll see you in, in a few weeks, and hopefully it'll be a safe and efficient uh, COVID Life plus football world of ours. Agreed. It'll be great to be back. Always, Jason. Take care, pal. Take care, guys. All right. Welcome back here to uh, Quarantine the Audible. As we are now in the final segment of the show, we've had um, things covered from the president of the league, Robert Campana, who's still here with us, surprisingly, to PZ and uh, Jason LeClaire. Now we're joined by uh, someone who is definitely smarter, better looking, well-spoken, better athlete, well-dressed. Uh it's overall a better human being than the one we have in studio at the armpit. And his brother, of course. And, of course, the brother, <laughs> uh, Dr. Michael Dakula, a.k.a. Dr. Eagle, M.D., uh, who is uh, situated at the Hawkesbury Hospital in the uh, Ontario, Quebec region. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. All right, so, Doctor, let's, uh, when, we had, when we had you on last, um, at the time, COVID was sort of in its infant stages of we didn't know what to expect. And obviously, we saw what happened. Unfortunately, a lot of lives were lost, and it, it blew up, which handcuffed the entire world. Um, just quickly here, in a, in a small viewpoint here, where are we at right now? Are we in better shape today than where we were back in March? Um, well, I think the big difference is now we have a lot more information of what this virus is, how does it manifest, how is it spreading and everything. So we're a lot better equipped from that point of view. Uh, and overall, I think that here in Canada, we did a, a pretty good job of, uh, of containing things as best as possible. And now we're in the stage where we're reopening things and a couple of weeks into things, we're moving along with that. Whereas we can't really say the same in the States. So um, really, it's kind of what we're trying to do what we can to get back to normal life, although it probably won't be normal for who knows how long. Okay, so reopening in, in the case that you're on this show, ironically enough, the flag football scheduled to reopen in early August. Uh, from a medical perspective, what are your concerns or things that players should watch out for as they prepare to become weekend warriors once again? Yeah, so I think the first thing for everyone to remember is, you know, at the end of the day, this is a recreational league, right? So while you want to win games, you want to have fun, I think the most important thing is to be respectful for others, right? So if you're feeling sick yourself or there's any question or whatever, really it's more important to err on the side of caution, right? Um, so thankfully now testing is more available. So if you're worried, you can always do that. And if there's any concern, you know, let, let everyone know. And I'm sure you guys would be very uh, eager to to say, hey, maybe you should sit this one out or whatnot. 
So that would be in terms of before you even get to the football field. Um, and then once you're actually there, you know, uh, I, I think it's in terms of exactly how things are going to play out, whether it be indoor and outdoor, I think you guys are figuring that a little bit. Um, at the end of the day, whatever it is, try to follow what the government is sort of saying in terms of the recommendations. But really, when you're out there on the field, uh, there's a small little things that uh, you can do that help, you know, decrease your risk. So first thing is probably wash your hands beforehand. If you're going to take a break or anything, try to wash your hands through that. Um, you know, try to avoid touching your face as much as possible. Uh, when it comes to uh, wearing masks, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what uh, you guys are going to end up finalizing on. Um, it's something that would help decrease risk. Yes. Is it really going to be a danger to your health? Probably not. I mean, I've been wearing masks, including M95s on a daily basis now for a few months. There's been times where wearing it literally eight hours in a row without taking it off and things. And really, it's something that uh, even when I'm literally running around a few times, you can still breathe in it okay. So is it the most convenient thing? No. Uh, unless you have specific health issues, it's probably not a contraindication and something you can do, particularly if you want to do that. Uh, you mentioned the mask. Uh, obviously, uh, if a player wants to play in a mask, um, mm -hmm. There's, you know, look, there's always the other side of the theory of, hey, a mask will impede my breathing. And when you play a high interval sport like football, uh, should anyone be worried about, hey, I'm not going to breathe properly for that matter? Yeah. So in terms of is it likely to be dangerous, let's say from that point, unless you have, you know, severe asthma or some sort of allergy or whatnot, probably not. Uh, realistically, something what I'd probably encourage people to do is try it out beforehand. Go for a jog, go for one wearing a mask, see how you feel. Uh, I think a lot of people will be surprised that actually it's not all that bad, particularly, um, you know, certain materials are, are better than others uh, in terms of breathability. So it's something that you can always, you know, give literally give it a shot. Uh, and as I said, it's something that I've gotten used to. And uh, it's, it's something that really, unless it's extreme, like, M95 filter sort of thing. A lot of these things are, are pretty breathable. Um, you mentioned before about, you know, don't touch your face, but obviously if you have a mask and you keep adjusting it, then that's like the biggest of no-nos, right? Yeah, so that's that's where in terms of trying to, what you know, maybe try with a mask in terms of how would it be to run around with it, walk around with it, whatever, because there's no question that if the mask isn't well fitted, it's going to fall off your face. Uh, and even if it is in terms of getting used to not going to your face and all that, it's a conscious thing. I mean, I can see myself and i know a couple of times i scratched my face in the past few minutes and it's something that's it really takes a conscious effort not to do that um i think that everyone you know take out your football life and your personal life work life whatever everyone's come across but covid's an international thing really it's across the world so i think everyone's been trying to be conscious not to touch your face it's something that really uh when you get back on the football field trying to keep that uh on the back of your mind all right, speaking of touching the faces, uh, touching the football and football gloves. Those are two key essentials for a football player to have, whether they play with yeah. gloves or holding a football. How mm. important is it before a game, if not between breaks, to clean your gloves to at least minimize any germs uh, on those elements? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to, you know, hope, hopefully in, in the sort of uh, – Montreal area and all that cases will be well controlled, but doubt it's going to get to zero for any time, right? So in terms of where it could spread, one obviously from um, uh, droplets directly, but also on contact with certain solids that are going to be passed around, namely things like the football. Um, but also, if you think about it, the football gloves that you guys wear, for the most part, you wear in one pair that you keep for you know, years and years. 
Um, so those are things that one, just from the way that these gloves are made, they're not really meant to be washed properly because they kind of lose the effect. Um, so that's something where in terms of, you know, are, are gloves going to help your wide receivers for sure? Uh, is it necessarily the safest thing to do? Probably not, particularly that I think if you would try to wash those in a safe manner, you're probably going to damage the gloves realistically. Um, so it's it's something that if people can try not using them, it might be more helpful or trying to wash the football more between uh, snaps or whatever that might help, you know, decrease decrease risks. It's all all these things where it's a game where we're not going to bring it down to zero, but wherever anything that you can do to lower the risk, um, there's definitely more pros than cons to that. Michael, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, doctor, um, how important is it after the game to wash your hands as soon as possible? Is that imperative for someone right away to, like, once you're done playing, go to the washroom or just take some hand sanitizer and just disinfect your hands right away? So hand sanitizer are, are definitely more easy to get a hold of. Really, that's something you can have on the, on the sidelines. Um, and when it terms to actually, you know, washing your hands as well, ideally, if you can do it after a game, that'd be important. Um, or... Um, or at the very least, the first thing when you get home. So, you know, what I do is first thing I do, I walk in, take your shoes off, go to wash your hands before you change or anything else like that. So I think really if you're going to like, uh, I mean, I, I imagine most people before they leave the football field, they want to change their clothing. Maybe they get in the habit in terms of trying to wash your hands with soap and water, ideally, or at least if not hand sanitizers before you kind of change up and, uh, and do all that. Uh, Michael here, I, I have a, actually a, a good question for you. It's, a, it's something that sure. we've been debating on for a while is uh, at the fields, you know, obviously we're going to question players uh, as they arrive, as, as, as is mm -hmm. done at most uh, public places these days. Um, what do you, what's your sentiment on, on actually taking people's measurement, like with a, with a thermometer gun? Is it, do you think that it's, it's accurate? Do you think it serves as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, an appropriate barrier or a deterrent for, for someone that maybe feels symptomatic but says, ah, you know, it's probably not so bad? I'm asking you an honest, raw question here because it's still something that we're debating uh, live yeah. on air here. But what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, um, I mean, if you go to any airport now, that's what they're doing. In a lot of different places, they are doing it. A lot of these ones that are essentially, you know, a gun where it's not actually invasive, um, you know, there's, there's different quality to them. For the most part, they're probably reasonably reliable. Um, so it's, it's something that it's going to be a bit of probably a conversation with the league's players in terms of how comfortable they would feel for that. Um, I, I think from an invasive point of view, it's really not. So it's probably not a, not a, not a terrible thing from that point of view. Um, I think there'll be, have to be an element with trust with the players. Um, but it's something that would be probably relatively reasonable to implement and likely not a huge hassle. So it's, it's something that what I think it's absolutely necessary for you guys to run. Probably not. Um, but is this something that you guys could probably do? Uh, for sure. Yeah, I think the big question mark we still have is, you know, if people are going to get false positives from the, the guns not being accurate and we're going to prevent them from playing, it's kind of like, no, forgive the word, but it's kind of bullshit for the player to be like, oh, I came all the way here, I'm fine, and this gun is not reading me properly, right? So that's kind of what we're trying to avoid. But at the same time, you know, if it helps keep people who are maybe not feeling so well away, uh, then it's actually going to, you know, keep the league safer. Uh, doctor, uh, look, I know Montreal has had a bit of a spike with the bars and all that stuff. Let's talk about post-game, right? You know, guys like to hang out, drink some beers in, in the parking lot. Would you would you encourage that uh, to have a, a couple of uh, Steve Weisers post-game in the parking lot uh, after a sweat-filled, infested uh, flag football game? That's a term I haven't heard in about 20 years. He's tried it three times tonight, and every it's time it's failed. It has worked perfectly. 
But it, but jokes aside, though, would you encourage uh, post game um, uh, get together? Yeah, post game groupings of people having beers outside the parking lot. Yeah, well, I mean, if anything, I've you see some people uh, hanging around the parking lot, which you know, most of the time they're in a pretty big circle. So. Ideally, you want to stay within uh, uh, at least six feet apart from each other, which, you know, if you think about a group of people, that's still well within speaking distance. Um, so it's something that as long as you're aware of what your space is, and you can do things in a safe manner as possible um, while respecting whatever the groups are and things like that. Uh, there's no question that when it comes to risks, um, outdoors is a lot less than indoors. Uh, a lot of it has to do with just the way droplets travel and, and, and trajectories and all that so in terms of if you know a group of five six guys want to get in a big circle six feet apart and just talk about the game or life or whatever um that's something that would be reasonably safe uh, realistically except again you know making sure that there's not uh, going in for hugs high fives all that sort of thing you know people are living the same household and then that's a different story but I'm assuming the vast majority of people don't, right? So so that's where you want to try to, as much as possible, respect your distance. In the same token, I imagine when you're playing fight football, people are going to get within your space. Um, so I, I can understand when people say, well, we're doing it on the field. Why can't we do it outside? Um, that said, you know, we're going to try to do whatever we can to reduce risk. So I would say yes with caution. Okay. And finally, uh, any last words of wisdom for us as we embark on this uh, uncharted territory of uh, COVID-19 flight football world of ours? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's it's been an unprecedented sort of year, I guess, so we're getting close to that. Um, overall, there's definitely some fatigue that people are feeling. Um, but I think really, if we look at things and where they could have been, we've done a great job. So it's now just a question to try to adapt in and make it the best out of, uh, out of life. And, you know, if the plan to return back to flight football, which is something people enjoy, just, you know, everyone try to do their part that uh, that it can keep going. Because if, uh, you know, worst case, something happens and people don't respect things, then you might get things shut down. Whereas people try to respect the rules. I think everyone can enjoy, uh, enjoy their time. All right. One word answer. Yes or no. Are we on the right track with this COVID-19? Yes or no? Yes. Awesome. Perfect. That's all I need to know. Perfect. I'm booking my trip next year. All right, Dr. Eagle, I, 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 every time I converse with you, I feel like I come back with a higher IQ, unlike your uh, inferior brother over here. I bring you down, Mo. You bring <laughs> us down dramatically, like uh, crazy as not, not by average. I bring you up on average, but I bring your IQ down specifically. Yeah, practically. Anyway, uh, Dr. Eagle, uh, best of luck. Uh, stay safe, and I hope uh, the good news continues on for your hospital with the COVID cases now in single digits, knock on wood, until... Uh, we get to zero, hopefully, in the near future. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thanks for this, Mike. Take care, guys. Don't Take forget care. to call mom. It's a birthday. I already did. I already did. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Doctor. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Dr. Eagle here with us on uh, Quarantine the Audible as we wrap it up with uh, the president of Flag Plus Football, Rob Cabana. It's like the State of the Union address with Rob, right? You come in once a year, shake some hands. From afar now. This is not. The, this hasn't been the most fun uh, State of the Union address or a no. fun period. I'm curious to know what the popularity would be of uh, President Campana's uh, reign as uh, president of this. Twelve uh, percent of this uh, shipping container league of his. We are in a shipping container anyway. Uh, all right, so let's just wrap it up here, guys. Uh, president, um, I'll start with you, Eagle. Then we'll wrap up with, with Rob over here. Eagle, any uh, last words of, of advice for those who are now starting to get their mindset? into FPF mode inside a month? 
I'm just trying to get back into shape, run some practices on the side and everything, because I know week one's going to be rough. But uh, looking forward to just seeing everyone again. As much as this is you know, uh, a sport and we're competitive about it, there's also a large community we've built. And it, you, know, you start to miss some of the friendly faces you see all the time. And so it's going to be nice to just kind of have that again back in my life and uh, be able to interact with people, essentially on a hobby we all enjoy. But then that extends into other parts of our life, whether it's business relationships, social events. So it's, it's going to be good to just, uh, you know, I haven't seen you in forever, right? This is nice. Uh, it's been yeah, I haven't months. seen you guys since since March, really, right? I haven't it's seen this guy since 2019. All right, uh, President, uh, <laughs> uh, your final thoughts here. And uh, um, I know, of course, you are the, the key decision maker and uh, everything runs through you. But obviously, you are the one that... You always got to make me look like a jerk here, right? <laughs> well, look. I mean, Usually, I'm the jerk, so yeah, exactly. it's nice well, to take a break. We have no central AC in this you, you, you know what? I'll, 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 armpit. I'll answer your question, Mo. It's, I think it's the, the key issue. Like, in running the league all these years, I... I think that you know when you when you sit down and, and chat with people away from the field. I think ninety nine point nine nine percent of the players in our league are super reasonable. Uh, are you know? Are, are, well, I can are, list you are, a few who are not. Are, no, are, are intelligent Those people are the that, can, that, that can that can uh, that can reason. Um, but one one thing that is the case with with all of us is that when we play sports, when we're in the midst of competition. You know, some of us, I mean, we all transform a little bit, but some of us obviously take it to to another level. Um, I, I hope that everyone can you know take a step back and look in the mirror before before playing and saying, look, let, let's remember what the big picture is here. At the end of the day, we all have families, we all have jobs, we all have you know more important things than 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 flag football. So as much as you know we want to get out there and play and like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know feel like it's feel like we never left the field and feel like it's it's like any other game. You you need to understand that the the protocols that are being put in place by us and by the powers that be, uh, they're, they're there for a reason. We're not just doing it for fun. You know, I mean, it's there to protect you. It's there to protect us. So I just hope that everyone, you know, in any spirit and at any point of the game, when when competition is high, when intensity is high, when tension is high, they can still remember what the big picture uh, is. So that's that's my my final. Was this thing. like welcome to the Olympics like speech here? Like you know, let's welcome in the games. Play safe, play fair. Do not drug though. <laughs> This uh, is all about uh, unifying the front <laughs> against COVID nineteen. I, I, I guess I guess my my words <laughs> didn't didn't drive uh, drive home. One Antonio Samrach over here, you know, yeah. christening the FPF games. I have no idea what the hell this unsolved mysteries intro, intro song it's is. The new breaking news that I have. Yeah, it's not great. All right, so anyway, we we will be back in a month's time uh, with we, we hope is uh, uh, a normal start to the FPF F, uh, cup that we have for our the first season, show of calling the audible, uh, which will be Thursdays, right? Well, we're looking at probably seven, we'll figure 7 it out, p.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time or what? Sure. Yes. How many hours are going for this one here? An hour? We'll do like an hour. Thank God, man. Those five hour shows were brutal, man. Yes, they were. Come to my NBA and TNT time. <laughs> you know, going to the fourth quarter game sometimes. All right. So anyway, uh, thank you, President, for coming on as usual. We'll see you next year at this time for another uh, State of the Union address. Eagle, I'll see you in a month, less than a month. Yes, indeed. And again, if you have questions or concerns, uh, just reach out to the FPF um, email, info at flagplusfootball.com. And uh, even reach out to Eagle or myself, Simone, Peasy, whoever you want to reach out to. And hopefully we can answer the question to the best of your liking. Thanks to Pease. Thanks to Jason LeClaire. Thanks to my brother. Dr. Eagle. Yes. Yeah. This was fun. Yes, it is. And we'll see you in about three and a half weeks from now for the start of the FPF season. And we look forward to coming back stronger and better and healthier. And that's going to be the key moving forward. Uh, good night, South Korea.